0: I grew up in a female-dominated household. My father was a sailor, so he wasn't home very much. I just felt this feeling of rejection, feeling that Daddy was never coming home.
1: This is Messages of Hope, and I'm Celia Filke. Finding our way and our purpose in life can be a long and winding journey. And sometimes our sense of self and sense of worth can take a battering along the way. We listen to the voices that tell us we can't, or we shouldn't, or we aren't good enough. My guest today, Peter, has had a colourful life. I first met her at a Christian women's conference where she was the main speaker, helping women to find empowerment through God. But her life started out very differently, not Christian and not knowing the power of God in her life. You were originally
0: involved in the fashion industry, is that right? So I was trained in fashion design, worked as a designer in all facets of the design area, from uh, yarn production right through to sales. Uh, And then I did some production myself and then some retail. So children's wear... Some menswear and women's wear. Okay. I taught um, 12 years design and communication skills, fashion design. So I love fashion, but the world is so cutthroat. And after a while, I just thought this this facade world is just not for me. Having gone through a sort of a burnout breakdown in my teens, I'd been searching for what's What is out there? So I was into Eastern religions Mm -hmm. and trying to find my way through and looking and looking and looking for the answer to life. So
1: you're searching for something, something that you're missing. I'm curious, what was your childhood like?
0: So I grew up in a female-dominated household. My father was a sailor, so he wasn't home very much. And my mother was in charge, and I have a sister. So we were female-oriented, and my father would come home... Every three or four months and for a couple of days. And my mother was still in charge. So I come from that sort of background. Yes. Um, her mother, my mother's mother, my grandmother, was also in charge. So this is not necessarily... A, yes, too strong, unfortunately. So that controlling issue in my matriarchal line I've had to deal with, and it's been quite painful.
1: So not really having a father present, did that affect you at all?
0: Uh, I think the first time in my teens, I think, was a feeling of rejection. So that was some stuff just going through, being a sailor's daughter and feeling that Daddy was never coming home. And he died very suddenly in my early 20s. So there was a lot of pain there. I was seeking love. My father loved me, but he wasn't there, number one. Number two... Uh, when I went through puberty, as a lot of women my age, perhaps born in the 50s, 60s, and the men who were post-World War, um, they didn't know how to show love to their growing girls, and they didn't have that free expression that men have today to mm-hmm. show... Men today push prams and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have seen my father pushing a pram. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't know how to deal with a teenage girl so he actually put me at arm's length mm-hmm. and I just felt mm-hmm. this disconnect mm. so I was seeking love from men for the rest of my time until I became a Christian.
1: Did you not feel beautiful? When- I
0: think I was trying to be beautiful and yeah. be and loved getting that ex- and be loved and needing that and, feedback and that attention yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. I think I always knew I was attractive And so I played on that a bit. So I had many boyfriends. I could have whatever boyfriend Mm. I wanted and I would drop them a lot. But the ones that I liked, the first sign of rejection, I would Mm. just leave. So it was quite a tumultuous time Mm. in my 20s.
1: Mm. Coming up, we'll learn how Peter found a new path that gave her peace about who she was and how she would find fulfilment. I'm talking with Peter about how her experiences in her childhood and in the fashion world were shaping the path that would become her passion. Peter, you mentioned earlier that you'd become a Christian. How did that come about?
0: I was on holiday in Queensland and a young man that I'd met in the hotel visited me when I came back to Melbourne and asked me to go to church. And so I just said, no this guy, what sort of a date is a church visit? (laughs) And he was so nice and I thought, well what's the harm, I can go to this church. So he took me to this big 1,000 strong church in Richmond. Yeah. And I could not believe what I saw there. And then there were young people with piercings and tattoos and coloured hair and, and then there were older people. So there were the full gamut of age seasons and yet they all had this thing that I'd been looking for all my life.
1: And what was that thing?
0: They had connection, they had hope, they had faith, they had peace, they had love, they were
1: radiant. How do you see that in a
0: person? They weren't looking at me. I was conscious of everybody and how I looked, being from the rag trade, and nobody cared a hoot how I looked. They didn't necessarily not care for me, they were friendly, but they were involved in a worship time of just connecting. There was peace all over their faces. So what was the moment that you just went, I've got to
1: do something completely different?
0: It was gradual, I think. God knows that I take a while to take up what he's asking me to do. So I was teaching and it was getting stale and the fashion industry, where it was more skin than fabric and fashion design here, what am I doing? So I was um, volunteering at church and then part-time in fashion and I was just pulled, pulled towards church. I was very passionate about evangelism and I saw cell ministry as very powerful. So I was a cell leader and I'd raised What's a few leaders. a cell? Leaders. A cell is like a small group, home group. And in fact, Peter, the apostle Peter, um, started church in his home. Mm. And so that's where we get that model from, where we can have church at home and invite our friends mm. to become believers. Then yeah. God called me out of that. And he called me to be itinerant. So okay, meaning? Itinerant is when you wander around. Yeah. <laughs> and you get booked by different churches or groups. Right. Uh, and they have me come and speak. I guess my main passion is women and coaching them. Yes. And helping them become unstuck from wherever they're stuck. So it's, it's the most wonderful thing I do in my life.
1: So you say, God calls you. How do you know that he's calling you to a particular thing? Like, what does that mean to somebody who's going, what, what is this, does he talk to you in the ear? Like, Look,
0: with every woman or person, it's different. And a lot of women particularly say to me, I don't know what I'm called to do. And I generally say, well, if, if you listen, and if you get rid of some of the noise in your life and sit back and rest, you might be able to hear the voice of the Lord. God can speak to you through the Bible. God can speak to you through the messages on Sunday. God can speak to you through a person who you're talking with. And then it becomes um, confirmation in your spirit. Talking to this 73-year-old woman the other day, and I said, you love to speak. And she said, I do love to speak. And then she said, but I love to pray. And I said, you love to pray. And she said, I really want to help people. I said, you really want to help people? So I said, that's what's in your hand. Mm. So the calling is often in your hand. Mm. For me, I love women. And I had been through stress and burnout. And I can write workshops. So that's what was in my hand when I started ministry. I started writing workshops for stressed women. Okay. So the calling was there, it was in my hand, through my pain, through my struggle. People's struggle becomes their calling.
1: Coming up, we'll look at some of the issues that we all struggle with, especially as women. You're listening to Messages of Hope and we're talking to Peter Sorkia, a speaker and life coach for women, about what she sees are some of the common issues women struggle with.
0: It's all about that for me, touching lives, particularly women. And helping women be all that they've been created to be. And so many women are lacking in self-confidence, lacking self-esteem issues. They think they're just surviving and they're so stressed. And so if they can just move aside from that and find some peace, find some answers in the Lord, recognise that who they are is beautiful and created for a special purpose and then start to walk in that, then on their
1: gals to help them. So how do you do that?
0: People say to me I'm real. They can tell me anything. And the reason is that I don't judge them because I've probably been there or felt it or, yeah, I, I, I know where they're coming from. Yeah. I'm quite upfront about my struggles and how I still struggle in my early 60s. I'm how still do struggling. you still struggle? Control is the biggie, and surrender. So surrendering control and rejection, that most of us feel rejected. All of us will be rejected. Jesus was rejected. And afraid, frightened of that. We fear rejection, so we do all sorts of things like Mm people-pleasing, don't set boundaries. Many other things come from a fear of rejection. And once we recognise that's rejection and I'm going to speak to that thing and get it off my back and do that, the freedom and the liberty that one gets is fantastic. So I have struggled with that, and from time to time it will come and hit me in the face. Why
1: do do you think it it, um, takes so long for us to accept ourselves as we are, or to believe that we can be beautiful? Because that's your message to women, isn't it? You are beautiful.
0: You 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 are called, you are beautiful, you have a purpose, and you're able there's a a lot of pressure in our society to be a certain way and act a certain way and we all feel that and I think there's a lot of voices at us from the world and in in our own heads so perhaps I would say our own self talk is our undoing Mm -hmm. so when we think about the voices that we hear in our head it's often telling us that we can't do this we shouldn't do that we're not good enough I need to do that and again The underlying root is often fear of something, and fear of rejection is often a big one. So then, it then plays out in our life in, I have to do this so I'll be accepted. I'll be beautiful, I'll be loved, I'll be free. But we're never free until we hear from God that, hey, I love you anyway. God says, you are mine, you are my child. I accept you. You will be rejected by the world, but I will never reject you. Mm. God says, I'm loved. I'm whole. God's made me for a purpose.
1: You've been listening to Messages of Hope. For free PDFs, videos and podcasts about accepting yourself and accepting God's love for you, go to messagesofhope.org.au, or for a free booklet, call 1-800-353-350. That's 1-800-353-350. I'm Celia Filkey. I hope you can join us again next week for another message of hope. Real hope to cope with life's challenges.